0: Breaking It Down with Frank McKay. This is 1039 LI News Radio. I'd like to welcome everyone back to Breaking It Down. Frank McKay here. So much more importantly, Kenny Bombace is a retired detective from Suffolk County and a former combat veteran in the Army. And also, he served at Ground Zero as a deputy sheriff and has had a, uh, a wonderful career in law enforcement. And one of the, uh, one of the things that uh, he is here for is uh, he, was a, he was a key uh, member or he was a key addition to the, the prosecution of Jimmy Burke as a witness and, uh, and Jim, Jimmy Burke, the, the chief that was appointed by Steve Ballone, as, uh, as Suffolk County's police chief, who went down after the situation with uh, Christopher Loeb, where he had beat uh, beat him and um, and he was um, yeah, convicted for you know almost five years, I think it was right for uh, forty six months. Jimmy Burke spent in prison, and uh, also uh, Tom Spoda and Chris McPartland, the former DA, and his chief aide are heading to prison for five years and they probably wouldn't be if it wasn't for um they, would, they definitely wouldn't be if it wasn't for the testimony of police officers and one of them is here for our part three with him kenny bombase is our very special guest uh kenny welcome
1: thanks frank thanks for having me on again
0: I, let me let me bring up something i you had uh, mentioned uh in, in part two and uh, maybe part one, uh, where where you said, look, mistakes were made. I made mistakes, but uh, one of the things that we you know really have to uh, point out is that yes, it's it's uh, it, you, there were mistakes made, but you you owed up to them, uh, and also uh, you know around the country, it's it's become fashionable by certain groups. To to beat up on law enforcement, uh, I'm certainly not doing that here. I'm pro law enforcement, uh, but if if you could address that a little bit, I mean, without you and and some of your fellow uh, law uh, law enforcement folks, um, this uh, th- this would be in a very bad situation right now, and and we'd still have Chief Burke. He'd, you know, he might be Commissioner Burke or whatever, but Jimmy Burke went down because of uh, the people around him.
1: Yeah, so, so just to comment on the case and what you were just discussing and, and the toxic environment concerning the police in our country right now, I mean, I would reiterate what you said. Mist- obviously, mistakes were made in this case. I made um, a, a mistake that day for sure. And w- what I would say, though, in the broader context with policing right now, it, it seems that you know, criminals in many cases are given a great deal of consideration in this country. And it seems that right now, police officers are not in many cases. And again, mistakes were made that day, and it's a tough job. Police officers make mistakes like anybody else do. And what I would say is, you know, I can only speak on my personal experience, but it applies to so many officers throughout this country and in Suffolk County specifically. I mean, we, I served, you know, in Germany when the Berlin Wall came down. I came home. I served at Ground Zero as a deputy sheriff. I have come across in my career. I've fought Al Qaeda, armed insurgents uh, here in Suffolk County, MS-13, blood criminal street gang members, outlaw motorcycle gangs, organized crime. Um, just I can tell you, just months before. The Loeb incident that myself and the very two detectives I was with um, in that in that room that day were all awarded detectives of the year because we were doing a surveillance. We, we literally watched a fight break out while we were doing surveillance and we saw one of the subjects run to his car we all perked up it was very late at night, it was at a gang funeral and we saw this person run to his car and we were afraid he was going to get a gun. We waited. He had no idea. We were right there in the parking lot, probably 40 feet from his car, and we watched him pull out a handgun from under the hood of his car. Instantly, we were out the door. It was actually me. It was dark and chaotic. I had my gun out. I went around a side of a van thinking to head him off before he got to this group of people he was about to shoot up. And lo and behold, he appeared right in front of me. I grabbed him, threw him on the ground, and put my gun in his face. And at this point, I still had no idea if he had a gun in his hand or not, but I, I didn't know for sure. And uh, fortunately for me, I used restraint, and that gun was, he threw it under the car before I grabbed him. The point being, we, me and those two detectives, those same two detectives, risked our life that day for people, for, quite frankly, we risked our life for probably many gang members who could have been injured if that guy reached into that crowd with, a, with what turned out to be a loaded handgun. Um, I've personally, and I can say this for so many officers I've worked with, I've risked my life so many times for this country and for Suffolk, the people of Suffolk County, I can't even remember. So all I'd say is, in this debate we're having across the country, don't the police deserve a little consideration too? I, I see so many criminals across this country getting extensive consideration from the public in some cases quite frankly frank they, they make them heroes and oftentimes violent criminals i think the police deserve a little consideration too that's all i'll say mistakes are, are going to be made but i think that that should at least come into consideration this tough job that police have to do every day
0: yeah no no question and i don't think uh, you know anyone reasonable would uh, would argue against that let's just clarify though that day that you that the handgun was uh, was pulled out and you and you got on them and you put that had nothing to do with the Loeb situation. That was I, I oh nothing
1: at all. Yeah. It was it was right. about a year, eleven months before the Loeb case. But I guess my point would be also is you didn't know about that, right? right. right.
0: You don't. <laughs> you don't the, hear about that. That's
1: right. very publicized. That's the tough job cops do every single day, day in and day out, and they don't make the cover of the paper, you know. But I just would like people to uh, at least in, in this debate that's going on. Can Consider the hard job that cops have every day you will see mistakes happen here and there of course it's a hard job no one's perfect but just consider what they're doing every day and and the risk they put their lives in every day
0: listen there's no no argument here I say all the time you know like I I I, and this is uh, me speaking not our guest uh, me Frank McKay the the host I, I say all the time that we don't know who murdered these these victims On Gilgo Beach and Oak Beach, Uh, we we do know though. In my mind, and this is me saying, uh, we do know who covered up uh, the the investigation and who got the FBI out, and that was uh, you know Steve Ballone and Jimmy Burke uh, who did that. And again, that's uh, that's me saying that. Those are politicians, those two guys. I mean, uh, Jimmy Burke, of course, law enforcement, but he's not the, he, he's not the rank and file uh, law enforcement. Uh, and again, Frank McKay here, with former combat veteran and former uh, former detective of Suffolk County, and a uh, key witness in the cases of Jimmy Burke, uh, led to him copping a plea, and and also uh, uh, Tom Spoda and Chris McPartland. In uh, the the trial that uh, that ended up um, having them sentenced for five years apiece, those two uh, it, it probably wouldn't have been done. Uh, I I could say it, pro- it definitely wouldn't have been done, but uh, without the testimony of this man Kenny Bombace, and uh, and others like him, uh, K- Kenny, let me let me just go back to something, uh, Burke. And, uh, you know, so many different people have this uh, this view of of Jimmy Burkin. And I, I mean, there are people out there who, you know, who thinks that uh, think that he is, um, you know, he, he's as evil as you could possibly get. I'm not asking you to comment on that. And I'm not even saying that. But the one one thing that stood out in the trial and it was something that just it happened and you mentioned your lieutenant was Jim Hickey, you know, James Hickey. And he had testified, he had testified that he was going to meet Jimmy Burke to, uh, you know, and this was after, uh, you know, after Burke was very angry with him. And he was concerned that when he went to see him, that he was going to be killed. And it kind of just went by the wayside. And Uh, And and if you think about that, it's amazing that that wasn't a headline. But Jim Hickey testified in federal court about that. Uh, Do you have any thoughts on that? Is it something you could talk about? And, you know, I I don't ask you to speculate, but uh, give me your comment on why Jim Hickey, who was at least a work friend of Jimmy Burke, was, uh, was afraid to go meet with him and worried that he would be killed.
1: Yeah. So, I mean... Yeah, I could comment on that. Not that, spe- not that he felt that way in that specific incident, but I- I'm not sure a lot of people in Suffolk County grasp how um, police officers involved in this felt, and how much pressure there was, uh, a level of corruption that, that that existed, and and power between the chief and the DA's office at that time. That there was legitimate concerns. I- I'm sure you've heard that before, right before my testimony in the um, Burke case specifically, that Two days before that I, I left to an undisclosed location um, with my family and we spent a few days. It was it was a point where I, I was really probably more concerned that they were going to send somebody to my house to confront me because I was getting calls all day. They were looking for me. They knew I was testifying but I think they wanted to talk to me before that. and. Uh, so you know there was a concern yeah for sure that there was a power base in place in this county and that the way that things were done in this county people had legitimate fears i I will tell you frank something that would i'm i can't even remember quite frankly if this came out of my testimony or not but at one point when working with my attorney who was on the phone on a daily basis with the u.s attorney's office he asked me if i was interested in the witness protection program which I was speechless for a minute on the phone, and uh, uh, obviously I decided, you know, that wasn't something I wanted to consider. But it just goes to show you what they thought too. You know, they were so concerned about, I think, the perception we had of danger uh, that that they would even consider offering that or ask me if I was interested in that. You know, so it was a. Those were crazy times back then. And I've heard other people say this. I'll just speak for myself that during this went on for a long time, these these cases. And there were times I was concerned about being followed. And I'll just say this. It wasn't my concern. Wasn't being followed by the FBI, right? You know what I mean? This was, it was concerned about being followed by someone involved with the powers that be, and that's not just me.
0: I, that's amazing, I mean, you know you think about you, you think about the the situation here. I mean Jimmy Burke copped a plea to and and did forty six uh forty six months I think it was right forty six months and now uh, uh spoda and mcPartland did five years so i mean it's if you were the key witness in that i mean you, you think about it i mean would somebody be desperate enough? to uh, to to have you killed to uh, to stop and you know a lot of pressure on on you guys the fact that you were you know, I was going to ask you uh, you know uh, bef- before uh, before you brought it up I was going to ask you if you were offered witness protection and and you were and if you think about it I mean you think about this insanity uh, you know this isn't gangsters usually you're offered witness protection when you're when you're um testifying against a cartel or, or the mafia or something along those lines m s thirteen whatever uh, it it's not usually testifying against the police chief and the d a of suffolk county i i mean it's pretty absolutely amazing if you think about it uh Kenny bombay once again is our very special guest combat veteran and and a veteran of, of much more as a uh, Suffolk County police officer and law enforcement officer, Frank McKay here with Kenny Bombace. Is there anything that you learned about uh, Burke, uh, Spoda, McPartland after you got involved, or was this, when the When the trial went on, I'm sure you were paying attention to other aspects of it. You know, I I mean, I shouldn't put words in your mouth. I mean, uh, was it something where you just wanted to turn it off or were you absorbing all the information you can get? Did you learn anything about these three individuals after you started testifying?
1: sure i mean uh you know like you say i would i would listen to the testimony and again these cases are highly compartmentalized you don't like when you're working in a federal investigation you don't like you know uh come home for the day and call everybody and say and compare notes <laughs> it doesn't work that way you know you you want to be the best witness you could be and it's and you don't know what other people are doing i i um know that uh you would, i couldn't talk about the details of this case um but i was uh concerned about the other police officers that who i was involved with and i just wanted to make sure that um they they uh knew that i was going to be going in to testify and tell the truth and that uh obviously i i thought they should be doing the same thing and fortunately that's that's what happened and you know i was concerned about these people okay, because of how uh tough a case like this is that it's come that it's compartmentalized. Like I said, you don't know what anyone else is doing, but also I didn't want them to feel there was a tremendous amount of pressure, Frank, from the administration that existed. We know that now that we've seen federal indictments and prosecutions, and I didn't want them, I wanted to make sure that they didn't feel pressured to go in and lie and put themselves in a bad position. And unfortunately, I think every, most people did the right thing in, in that respect.
0: Uh, what What did you learn and you mentioned a couple times earlier, you know, that day, that day, the, the day you're talking about is the day that uh, that Jimmy Burke uh, had uh, had the confrontation with, uh, with prisoner uh, uh, Chris Loeb. Um, but what, what did you learn about Burke while he was under, uh, under pressure to do this? Did he ever reach out to you? And again, pardon me for, for not knowing your testimony, but did Burke ever reach out to you to either lie or, or uh, to to cover up what was the what was the key part of of his reaction that stands out to you?
1: I, I would just say he was consumed with this case obviously for for a long time between the attention that it was getting from the media and newsday specifically, and uh, obviously there was federal investigation that went on first with the Civil rights division, I think out of the um, out of Brooklyn and then moved to the eastern district his 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 life was consumed with this stuff but i'll tell you, frank, that people are very careful uh, like this you know, and they you know they don't just come to you or tell you hey make sure you don't lie in there you know what I mean or, and, or threaten you directly nobody does that it's not the way these things work but there was a constant channel of communication whether it be through union representatives or other people to keep if you heard uh, Lieutenant Hickey's testimony that he was sort of they were using him to try and take the temperature of all the guys uh, in the unit and the guys who were involved to uh, to make sure that they would do the right thing, you know that was kind of the testimony that you heard from from Lieutenant Hickey. So so yeah, they were keeping tabs on everybody very closely. And and to answer your original question, yes, I, I learned a lot of things that I didn't know. I learned you know they, these are things that we weren't on the inner in the inner circle, you know as you heard in that testimony. That was. Chris McPartland, Tom Spoda, Chief Burke, and uh, and Jim Hickey, primarily. You know, we weren't in that. They were worried about us, you know. And and I, I want to also mention another thing. You know, it's not, I know we talked about these. You mentioned what um, Jim Hickey said about possibly, you know, he's worried he was going to get killed, which is insane to even talk about, right? And But in addition to that, there was even, there was lesser but very serious concerns for a long time. You know, these are people... That made careers of destroying lives. You know, you know the old saying, you can indict a ham sandwich. People were worried that they would destroy their careers or 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 try and indict them. We saw what happened with, with Oliva. And uh, you know, there was other concerns, not just the worst case scenarios, but there was you had to be very careful in this environment. For anyone to think that it would, if that's one of the reasons that it was so important that we were issued these um, subpoenas by the U.S. Attorney's Office, because for anyone to think that any one of us at any time could just stand up and say, you know what, uh, Lieutenant Chief, I'm going into testify. I've decided. I'll, I'll see you guys next week. That that's completely unrealistic to to consider that your hand had to be forced. Like I don't have an option. I got a subpoena. I got to go. In. I have to go in there. You know, you needed them to think. That you were towing the line for them, because you could be in jeopardy if you weren't. That's how we felt. That's what our perception was.
0: Knowing and and again, let me remind folks: we got a couple of moments left in our part three of, uh, of of a multiple part. We we need uh, more. We need more of Kenny Bombay. That's for sure. Uh, retired detective from Suffolk County, former combat vet, uh, Kenny Bombay is our very special guest. Frank McKay here. Uh, knowing what you know now about how desperately Jimmy Burke, Chief Burke, wanted to cover this up, can you imagine if there is any involvement or any, anything that they would like to cover up on LISC? And again, I guess part of this is, is asking you to speculate, and, and you could certainly uh, decline to speculate, but can you imagine imagine if there's something such as a serial killing uh, how uh, Jimmy Burke and you know in this case uh, uh, Steve Ballone uh, why they would get the FBI out of an investigation uh, can, you, c- can you give us any reason in the world why Jimmy Burke would want the FBI any logical reason why he would want the FBI to get out of the serial killing case
1: so, the, uh, so logical reason no uh, clearly not. I mean, I did. I was not involved. I want to make that disclaimer. I was yep. not involved directly in the Long Island serial killer case or the task force that was formed. But I could tell you as an experienced law enforcement officer and detective that we at a time with such a serious case and one that was. Um, so old by that point, I don't see any logical reason. Probably, like anybody in Suffolk County, why would you remove them if you are not making progress? If you are not able to solve this and give um, uh, maybe some peace of mind to the families, why would you possibly remove them? It's the more the merrier at this point. We're not here for press releases. We're here to try and find answers for these families. And and by the way, who knows? There could still be a serial killer out there. You know. Right. Um, so so logical reason, no. I cannot think of one as a detective why the FBI would have been removed for that at that time. I will tell you my you know, like I mentioned, I was not directly related, involved in that case or the task force, but I, I know there was a time I spoke to someone who was on the task force, and I'm not gonna give any names, but I'll just yeah. tell you I spoke to somebody and I remember them telling me that their perspective was that they they saw some leads some strong indications um towards uh, an individual or individuals and they didn't feel like they were being they were moving forward with it in the way that they should they weren't going as hard as they should to follow up on those leads and they, they thought it was odd uh, they thought that it was being possibly um there was uh it was being held up you know it's not the way they would have handled it and that made me think back back then that was when i was in criminal intelligence at the time still i had not yet retired
0: yeah amazing i mean just absolutely amazing listen we need you back for a part four and a part five uh terrific i appreciate everything all the time that you spent here but more more than that i appreciate your uh your, your work as a uh, as a member of the u.s army Your uh, you're a combat vet, and you're a vet of, uh, of Suffolk County uh, Police de- uh, Force, a detective, and certainly the work you did as a deputy sheriff um, at, at Ground 11. I mean, we, we can't thank you enough, but I thank you for what you've done here, and certainly I, I think you know, as a community, we should thank you and your fellow officers for, for the testimony that you gave in the, in the Burke case. That led to him, uh, Jimmy Burke, Chief Burke, who was appointed by Steve Ballone uh, to, to, you know, to do 46 months in, in prison. And for, you know, the, the, the work and the testimony that you did in uh, that, that put away uh, Tom Spoter as the DA and his chief aide, Chris McPartland. Thank you very much for, for all of that. Thank you very much for being here. Kenny Bombays. thank you once again.
1: Thanks, Frank. Thanks for having me on. I enjoyed it.
0: Frank McKay signing off. Uh, Kenny Bombace has been our very special guest, uh, former detective and key witness in the prosecution of, of Chief Jimmy Burke, uh, DA Tom Spoda, and, and the chief aide to Tom Spoda, Chris McPartland. Kenny Bombace has been our very special guest. We'll see you all next time on Breaking It Down.